from Leviticus, right? So that is what the Psalms are doing or linking back. This is no longer discussion at this point. Okay, um, but I do want to say that this is, and I can say this because he's not here, this is what Pastor Joshua does a lot for us in Luke, and he's modeling really well for us. And I love, um, because when I hear him preach, I don't think, now maybe may like, well, that's, that's not really fair, Isaiah, because you went to seminary. But I don't think I could have never seen that. Most often, it's like, oh, that makes sense. Like maybe if I worked hard thinking, I could have thought that too, right? Now, praise the Lord, everyone gives so that he can do that, right? Um, but, I, but I love thinking, yeah, that was profound. But I think that was profound in what was there rather than profound and where did he get that from? You know, when, when you start thinking about that uh, neat sermon on, on Jesus feeding the 5,000 and meals in scripture and meals in Luke, and you're like, whoa, this theme is huge, right? And so it's, it's real because they knew the Bible so well, amen? Um, and I do think that that means that we need to... Uh, um, um, be maximizing on Sunday sermons. So that's an encouragement for, 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 for all of us to not just listen once. Not that we need to listen more times, although that's great, but, but to be meditating on it. Um, so one of the, the things that Joshua models for us, and he does kind of publicly for us, is he asks, why is that there? Right? And, and, and if you listen to, 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 to enough child, he'll do that with like even each word. I think some, some, sometimes that can be more profitable in some of those really tight epistles where every word is like, oh, so there's a conjunction there, and there's a comma rather than a period there, and why is that there? And, 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 but with all of Scripture, why is it there? Why is that uh, section there? And it's neat if you think, what is this book missing if that's not there, Right? If, if, if uh, and not just like, well, if Genesis 2, 1 through 3 is in there, the seventh day is missing. No, but, 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 but like, what's that argument from, G, from God resting on the Sabbath? Why is that there? I'm not totally certain, right? But that's something we, you have to meditate on. And because that's the beginning of the theology of the Sabbath and the beginning of the theology of rest, Right? And, uh, and so why is that there? Um, okay, so that's a little bit of, uh, of, yeah, so if this passage was missing, how would it destroy the author's argument? Now, maybe that's a little strong, but it's kind of cool too, right? If that part of scripture that you read this morning, maybe quickly, if that weren't there, would that book fall apart? That's it's at least neat to kind of think about, right? And uh, because what you have there is, is perfect. Okay, let's uh, talk about, so that's just a little bit of cultivating this conviction that God's word is deep. And, and we find it's deep because... And he just uses one way, and we could use, use many, but because of the theology there. And we know that it's deep because of how biblical authors use previous biblical authors. They are 100% convinced it's deep. So we need to be 100% convinced it's deep. Okay, now, 
another question is, how do we cultivate the conviction that the word of God ought to be deep in us? So hopefully we're all convinced, yeah, it is really deep. How do we build the conviction that we got to do something with it? How do we build the conviction that it ought to be deep in us? You guys can answer that one. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, 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 that's great. So as we and great as we are convinced that God's word should be acted upon, right? That it should transform us, that is how we're going to be convinced that it is deep in us, not by letting it be abstract theology, um, but uh but letting it transform us, right? And uh, um, that is what, uh, um, well, where he gives, and excuse me for just a second, because that is where we are going. Um, If we open God's word, right, we can point to any section randomly, and say that ought to be deep in us. That's pretty cool. Now, we're finite, so we're going to spend our lives doing it. But any portion ought to be deep in us. And you're like, oh, no, I pulled up a a genealogy. But is God's word perfect? Yeah. Is that theology? It is. What is the theology behind it? That is where we're going to have to build convictions. It's deep, so I'm going to have to do some work now. Um, so, that, so that's neat to uh, think about. So Chow has the idea that we can learn what it means for scriptures to be deep in us by looking how scripture applies itself. So Akumi brought us to think about the application and so the same thing he did with the biblical author, authors looking towards previous theology, he also does with biblical authors applying the past text. And so he does this, and, uh, um, and, and so, so, so he gets us thinking about application. Now, one challenge when we think about application, or at least maybe that's the question, is how do most people think about application, or how do we most often think about application? Like like if I preach and someone says, but there was no application, what do they mean? Most often. There's nothing for me to do. Yeah, right? Um, they, 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 they didn't tell me how I was supposed to raise my kids or how I could be a better spouse. There was no application. Uh, I, just, I, just, I just learned something. Okay? And, uh, and so we have to have the conviction, and Chow says this, that every patch, passage is designed to shape our lives. Now, that, now, that's pretty cool. Now, maybe not the of Nebo 52 phrase by itself, but that phrase in context, right? 
Every passage is designed to shape our lives. And this is cool because our faith is being stretched now, right? Like, do I really believe that? Do I really believe that what I read this morning or I'm going to read before bed tonight is going to, is designed to shape my life? I don't know how it's going to, but it is. And you might go to bed saying, I didn't get it. And that's okay. Just as long as you know that it does, right? Just as long as you are convinced that it does. And so uh, Chow talks about four ways that um, uh, scripture should shape our lives, four kinds of application. Uh, Does anyone remember what the first of those was? And if you don't remember the first, then you can just tell me one of them. But what was the first of those? Worship, right? And you're like, oh, yeah, of course. We all know we should worship. And, uh, and he says, don't be a selfish reader of scripture. I think I've heard Pastor Joshua say that. What does he mean um, when we say, well it's, well, it's about worshiping God? You're like, no, but I need to know what I'm supposed to do. And what then d- does Chow mean, don't be a selfish reader of scripture in that context of worshiping God? Yeah, right. It's not about you. It's worship, right? Like, that's pretty awesome that we would do the exact opposite, right? Like, instead of worshiping God, I am actually a little disappointed that it wasn't more about me. And like, that is man's basic problem, right? A little disappointed it's not more about me. And, uh, and so when loving him is what eternal life is, loving him is what we're going to be doing for all eternity, if we come away saying, I know something I can worship God for, is there ever a quiet time that we have that we can say, I cannot think of anything to worship God for from this passage? I think we would have a hard time, even in a genealogy. I'm like, okay, I don't know any of those guys, but I know that this is a record of God's faithfulness. Right? Either those are wicked people he didn't destroy, or those are part of somehow the story of the unfolding plan of, of redemption. Do you have something to worship God for there? Yes, which is what you were created for, right? Which is fantastic. So even by looking at that one, one goal of worshiping God, that is going to um, be redeeming of any Bible time. Do I have something to worship God for? That's what I was made for. Okay, so to worship God, does, does someone remember what the second one was? Thank you for getting the first one. Let's see if we can do them all in order. It's something we need to know. Yeah? Faith? No? You're not raising your hand? Because it looks like you're raising your hand, Faith. I'm going to be honest. Okay. We need to know theology, right? Okay. We need to know theology. And he gives a bunch of examples of how, of how this... Uh, um, um, this need for faith, and he goes through uh, the author of Hebrews in Hebrews 11, all these Old Testament narratives, or child brings up a theology of rest in, in Hebrews 3 and 4, or, or the prophecies of uh, Acts, the prophecies used in Acts 15 as proof that the, uh, of God's plan to save the Gentiles. Just more examples that the New Testament authors use the Old Testament for theology, and so then uh, Chow says this, and you can tell me um, what he means. So what do you do with that knowledge? So like, what do you do with theology? Learn it. 
he says. Learn it. You will be tested. It's life. What do you think he's, he's drawing at that in life you're tested? And what does that have to do with theology? I don't know if that question makes sense. Is life going to test your theology? Yeah. Yeah, right. And whether it's times of blessing, times of discipline and training, whether it's just God's sovereignty in your life, you, you will have to live out your theology. You are not going to be able to live out theology that you don't know. If you don't know God's character, you're not going to be able to live out his character. If you don't know the truth of redemption, you are going to be squashed by guilt. If you don't know, if you don't know theology, if you don't know the doctrine of, of, of sanctification, you are not going to change, right? You need all of, the, all of the theology of Scripture. So we have to be careful when we come, and like this is great as... I can think about Pastor Joshua's sermons. You're like, well, I don't know what I should do with my kids. Like, but you learn theology, right? That is the answers you need for life. And so uh, since we want to uh, live life in a way that pleases God, it's not just about what we need to do, and Chow says, with our hands and our feet. It's what we do with our heads. Hey, so there's worship God, there's knowing the the theology, and there's also moral responses, right? There are things that we have to say, is this right or wrong? And uh, theology will help us with a lot of that, but, but God's commands help us to know what is right or wrong. I, I, was, I was wondering about this. How much is the Proverbs, and we, we know that the Proverbs are inspired, right? But how much are the Proverbs, people and Solomon mostly, meditating on what is right and wrong in the situations of life? And is he just drawing from his supernatural wisdom? I'm the wisest man ever. I'm going to dig deep down and come up with something wise to say. Or is he dealing with real problems and saying, what is the theology of the, of, of the Pentateuch? What do I know from Joshua and Judges? Right? My guess is probably he's thinking hard. I know he is. He's a Psalm 1 man. Not always perfectly but meditate in God's word day and night so that those Proverbs are not just like, and here's some freebies, guys. Here's a bunch of wise sayings, right? It's going to be theology put into practice, I think. But he also talks about worldview. And I'll try to finish up here. Um, worldview, and I thought that, that this was really neat. Um, we need to dig deep because it is going to formulate our worldview, right? The big picture of why we are here and what's going on in the world and what is this stage of, uh, of, of the world. When, when we dig deep and say there is riches here, that is going to formulate our total worldview. Um, and I was thinking about this. Can you think of a time in scripture where people are gripped by their worldview, kind of formed by scripture, and, and propelled, right? So what they know about God is propelling them, maybe to do something, 
Yeah, let's just say to do something or to say something, right? The worldview they got is propelling them. Can anyone think of an example of that? No, well, no, their biblical worldview, although we can find lots of examples of non-biblical worldview, right? Idolatry is a great example of a non-biblical worldview uh, and bringing me to sacrifice my child, my child to Moloch, right? Okay, yeah, so, there, so there's a lot of examples of what not to do. Um, but there are some exciting examples of what to do. Yeah, great. A whole worldview, right, brought, brought into action in this scene, right? Yeah, great. Or uh, Daniel in, 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 in Daniel 9, praying, say, God, I've been watching my calendar here. It's been about 70 years. And Jeremiah, you said that in 70 years you're going to uh, bring us back from exile. So now, God, I'm praying, right? So it propels him to keep praying. It propels him what he's actually praying, it propels him and his buddies to not eat meat sacrificed to, to idols, right? I can't eat those, those, those things. What are some other examples of being, of being propelled, pushed, worldview in action, in song? The Psalms, right? Those Psalms are, those songs are worldviews in action. Right? If you think about the songs of refuge and suffering, those psalmists, especially if it's David, you think, what, what scripture did David have? Well, at the very least, he had the first five books of the Old Testament. That's going to be the story of Joseph there. Right? The story of Joseph, the theology he gets from the story of Joseph and of suffering and of exaltation is going to propel him in faith when his enemies are pursuing him. Right? So theology propels us to sing. Theology propels us to pray. And how cool is this? So, so I'm kind of ho hoping I can, I can say this now. That Pastor Joshua, after the book of Luke, goes to the book of Acts. Right? Because what is the, the, the theology of the book of Luke, right? What they knew about Jesus is what happens in the book of Acts. Right? Everything that they learned about Jesus, the Spirit comes, and now they're like, We've got to go make disciples, right? It propels them out. And so that's pretty cool to be thinking about, uh, about what is that theology that's shaping our worldview. Well, do you need a worldview? Yeah. And if we listen to the news, I don't know if you've known anyone kind of since COVID who spent a lot of time watching television, your worldview shifts. Right? And all of a sudden they start saying and thinking things that they would have never thought or said. Right? You spend enough time. Um, I got a friend listening to a lot of extreme right wing stuff. His worldview shifting. Okay, so we need to dig deep so that our worldview is God's. So, last, and I'll end with this there's this neat idea that uh, Chow has in, it's a phrase he uses called the hermeneutics of surrender. Did anyone catch that? And what does he mean? The hermeneutics of surrender. So hermeneutics means the science of interpreting. And, but he's calling it the science of interpreting of surrender. So like, what is he talking about? So he says, so 
it's our conviction, right, that, God, that God's word is deep, that everything it has is theologically profound, that everything the author has there is, is meaningful. And there's no throwaways. There's, there's nothing we can take out. So, and I've got some, some, some quotes here and I'll weave mine in there. But we have no say, right? It is not for us um, to kind of pick and choose what the meaning is. It's not a vote. It's not about what we like, what we prefer, what makes the most sense, he says. We don't have the right. Now, we know we go through this process of working hard to discover. But it's not discovering our meaning. It's not really discovering what we think it means. It's doing our humble best to say, what did God say? Right? And that is really what we want to be submitted to, surrender our will to. That it's not about my will and what I want it to mean. It is what does the author intend. So, so Chow says, we don't determine the main point. We don't determine the idea, the structure, the implications of a text. It's the author's intent that does that. We bow the knee. We will surrender our will. We will surrender our time. We will surrender our lives to this book, and then he says that hermeneutics is a moral issue, right? So our very attitude of saying, do I believe that all of this is necessary? Do I believe it's necessary for me? Now we're finite. We're, 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 we, we won't live long enough to understand all of it. But with our deep conviction that I'm going to work at it so that I know what Luke meant, so that I know what John meant, so that I know what Paul meant, so that I know what David meant, I know what Asaph meant, and so that I know what it means, so then I know what God means, so that I can have worship right and theology right and moral choices that are right and a worldview that's right, so really we can live for his glory. Um, so that's Chow's message, riffed off of by me, and hopefully it'll be used by all of us as we come and say, in, in a little bit, like, what are we doing here on, on, on Wednesday night? And what are we doing here on Sunday morning? Right? This is a treasure. And, uh, and Lord willing, we are working at convictions that it's deep, it's worth working at, it's worth getting, and it's worth getting deep in us. I'm going to pray and then happy to chat afterwards. Let's, let's pray. Uh, oh, Father, we thank you for uh, your, your word and uh, thank you for your way of writing it through humans. And we know that being written through humans that lived thousands of years ago, there is a distance and there are cultural differences and linguistic differences and they wrote in different languages and there's so much that is different. And yet, Lord, we know also that when you had each of those men write, that you also had us in mind that we were not an afterthought, um, but that you have preserved your scripture, that you have entrusted it um, and you've entrusted it to us and that each of us are responsible. And we know that, 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 that there are gifted teachers and we're thankful for them, um, Lord, but that um, we are responsible to take what we, we get from your word and to get it deep into our hearts. So help that to be a real conviction uh, for us, Lord. And Father, as that happens, I really do pray that our worldview would be more aligned with your worldview and our theology might be more aligned with your theology no matter what we think. And that 
that uh, um, our worship of you would be so pleasing to you. And so, Father, we, we look forward to that. We know that we are works in, 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 in process. We know we have so much more to learn about how, how to do that. But at least, Lord, help us to have the convictions that it ought to be done so that we can be eager participants of, of, uh, of, uh, of digesting your word. In Jesus' name, amen.